Hey guys, welcome back to the Further Up, Further In podcast. I've got my good friend Chesley with me today, and we're going to be talking about biblical counseling and all the ins and outs of it. Not all the ins and outs of it, but a lot of it. Anyway, you want to say hey? Hello. You want to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. Okay. Okay, so my name is Chesley Peed. Peed is in past tense. P-E-E-D. Um, I am the counseling coordinator and women's and children's counselor at Briarwood Presbyterian Church Mm -hmm. in Birmingham. Super official. Yeah, it's pretty official. Um, yeah. What else do I need to say about myself? What do I do? Do you have a fun fact? Fun fact. I think my last name was already my fun fact. That is a fun fact. I have a golden retriever, Avery. Who's here, present for the podcast. If you hear any loud sighs... It's not Chesley. That would be her. (laughs) It's the dog. Mm. Cool. Well, um, yeah, the first thing we kind of want to talk about is just with with all of your expertise and your expert opinion, Hmm. they can't see the faces that you're making. I'm rolling my eyes. (laughs) Um, But we just kind of want to talk about kind of debunking the taboo that can come around counseling. Um, especially in kind of our like individualistic culture that's all about putting on a strong face and seeming like you're okay and having it all together. Um, and so the first thing we kind of want to talk about is just how, how is counseling biblical? How is it healthy? Hmm. Um, good point. Um, that an individualistic society, that was a good point. Um, but counseling is biblical, uh, because, um, in Proverbs it says in an abundance of counselors, there's wisdom. Mm. So every day we counsel people, whether we know it or not. Mm. So it's telling someone, Hey, you probably need to go to the doctor if you have a cold or, um, you probably don't need to talk to that guy anymore. He's just not that into you. Like you're giving people counsel all the mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. even though you don't realize it. Like in like when we see in Ephesians four, where it talks about like speaking the truth to one another yes. in love. Speaking the truth in love, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's basically where are you giving people counsel from, mm-hmm. um, and so it's it's definitely rooted in biblical. Um, terms and um scripture um so is that the end of, is that the end of the question what was the rest of the question how how counseling is biblical and healthy and i think once we establish that it's biblical yeah it's healthy that kind of establishes yeah. that it's healthy and i think even more so like i don't know the more we just dive into being made in the nature of our father the more that we look at the father being a community in his essence, the more we see kind of the the debunking of this individualistic mindset that mm. we're not meant to do life alone, yeah. um, that we need each other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, do you want to talk just a little bit about kind of what you do, why you do it, why you're passionate about what you do? Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, a like dream you've been chasing for, for a long time. For a while. Yes. I liked your 10th Avenue North reference. No man is an island. Yes. I meant to do it alone. Um, yes. So, yes, I've been on the biblical counseling path for a while. Mm. Started out in youth ministry. 
Um, and then it became more apparent that one-on-one time is needed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know biblical counseling was a thing right. until I started Southern the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and realized that it was a thing, um, and it was fantastic. An important thing. Yes, it's very important. And because, like I said, you're getting, you're receiving counsel, counsel, counseling at all times. Just what advice are you taking? Where is it coming from? Mm-hmm. So, um, as a Christian, are you going to take um, advice from someone who's a Christian and you who has um, not necessarily your best interest? but your holiness in mind. Mm-hmm. That's going to be focused on like putting your gaze back on Jesus. Yes, Yeah. for sure. Um, seeking first his kingdom. Mm. So um, I love what I do because I get to do the best thing of all, and that's point people back to Christ. Mm. And that is to point people, to point people to Christ is to point people to hope. Mm. And so someone can come in my office just completely down and I can point them to Christ. And, you know, they're they're probably a Christian. Mm. It's not like um, they're necessarily an unbeliever. They, they're probably a Christian. Mm-hmm. And just reminding them mm-hmm. of the living hope in First Peter 1, the living hope mm. that we have as, as Christians in Christ. Mm. Um, so that's why I love what I get to do. And I get to see all kinds of very unique people on mm. different journeys in different places of life, I see little bitties from four years old, um, all the way up to ninety years old. <laughs> so I get the full gamut of people, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, married, single, uh, divorced—you name it, I see it. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's part of why I'm really passionate about it because um, the one thing that is hopeful is Christ. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of brings up an interesting question of just, I think, specifically related to your job, related to, I guess, any believer, since we've already established that every believer has some kind of role as as counseling the body, their brothers and sisters. And so when you kind of first started this and you first stepped into this role, I'm going to throw you a curveball here that you're not prepared for. Okay. when you first stepped into this role, did you did you find it difficult at first um, to struggle with realizing that your job is to direct people back to hope that's in Christ, and that you're not you're not the hope in and of itself? Like, did you struggle at all with kind of feeling like responsibility in giving these people advice? Because I know like I've talked to a lot of girls and I've struggled with myself of just you know, as we see in Galatians, like, bearing one another's burdens, but Mm -hmm. actually, like, fully taking on that weight instead Mm -hmm. of laying it down Mm -hmm. at the cross. And so, kind of, like, what what did that look like when you first came into Um, your role? It looked really scary because um, when I started this job, I just turned 28, and I see women who've been married for 20 years, Mm -hmm. and I am single. And so the more I thought about it, um, the more nauseous I became <laughs> and that was just self-focus mm-hmm. until you get in there with someone and a lot of people who, people I'm training to be counselors, they don't like that. They don't like the one-on-one. They're scared of that. 
And so what I remind them is kind of what I had to tell myself that first week, and that is it's not about you. Mm. It's just not. Mm. And you are totally inadequate. And you'll probably always be inadequate. Mm -hmm. But who he calls, he equips. Mm. And there is so much grace in a counseling session, whether it's the person who's coming for counseling or the person who's giving counsel. There's so much grace of giving and giving and taking. And um, so what you have what I had to remember was it's not about me mm. and it's not about my advice. Mm. Um, it's whether or not the word gets spoken mm-hmm. because that's, that's what's most important. I'm not going to transform any lives. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Holy spirit. That's mm. the word of God, which is sharper than a double edged sword. Mm. And so if a, counseling session looks like a total fail as long as the word of god gets spoken mm. like that has the power to change mm. Mm. um i was on the way to the stanford football game with jackie my roommate go bulldogs and <laughs> she was saying you know in revelation how he takes down the accuser mm. with the sword it's his word like there's so much power in that so that's what you have to remember and that's what I had to remember it's mm-hmm. not my advice it's the word of God and that's mm-hmm. why biblical counseling is so special it's so mm-hmm. unique and it's so um convicting and life-changing yeah and I think that's a good word just for even meeting someone in a coffee shop you know like the most important thing that we can do is direct people back to the word at all times Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's good. So you've been in this for a good bit of time now. You've got... i got a whole year under my belt. <laughs> you've got a decent <laughs> amount of experience. Um, what What do you see? And even, you know, going back to your time in youth ministry and stuff like that, what, what do you see girls struggling with the most? What's something that you see um, that's just really frequent? Um, hands down, anxiety. Mm. And I know we talked about this previously, but even if someone off the street would ask me that, it would be anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't even have to think about it. It's going to be anxiety. Mm. Um, and that's girls ages eight to women well in their <laughs> 50s and 60s. Um, so, and even later, it's it's anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um so I can't I can't even her her dog is attacking me right now um, I'm not laughing at what she's saying I promise <laughs> she just wants to be on the podcast yes. that's it she can't stand it she's not being talked to <laughs> um anxiety okay back to that um I can't tell you how many girls I see yeah. with anxiety and um, I was one of those girls in college, for sure. Um, so I can empathize with that, which is you don't counsel from experience, mm-hmm. but this thing I, I kind of can. Mm-hmm. You know, I can mm-hmm. empathize with it on a different level. And um, so 
I always get people to tell me what their anxiety looks like Mm -hmm. or what their anxiety feels like or how it manifests itself Mm -hmm. or um, if they say they're having panic attack. Well, what's a panic attack look like? Mm -hmm. It's really important to think through that because sometimes it looks different. And I think that's important to establish too is just because... Just because one one struggle doesn't look like somebody else's struggle and it has the same name, it doesn't mm-hmm. undermine that struggle yeah. at all. No, not at all. Um, struggle is still struggle, and anxiety mm-hmm. is still the worst. It's yeah. tense to deal with. It's like what I tell people, and a lot of people like shake their head really fast, like, yes, yes, is it feels like the moment when you're sitting in a chair and you're leaning back, just kind of chilling, leaning back and your chair almost tips over and you Mm -hmm. feel like oh my gosh I'm falling but then Mm -hmm. you catch yourself Mm -hmm. it feels like that moment on a loop Mm -hmm. for a long time yeah and it's it's mentally exhausting yeah yeah um so hands down anxiety um so and it's hard for young Christian women to come to terms with their anxiety mm. because they feel like they're failing in their faith. Mm. Um, as well as being anxious, they have to also worry, oh, I'm failing in my faith. What do I do? I mean, I'm mm-hmm. a bad Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, Which ironically tends to push them away from the one thing that... That can help them. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And... Um, I do believe that there are some instances where worry can be sinful. So we first we repent and he is um, faithful and just to forgive us our sins and mm-hmm. cleanse us from unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. And then there are times when, you know, you could have gone through a really traumatic event and um, you're just heartbroken and because our brains are easily trained to react to different things um you just fall in that pattern of thinking Mm -hmm. that oh if i if i get in this car if i get in this small space like it's it all comes running back to your head or if i am taking a test and last time i I panicked and i failed my test that that's gonna happen every time Mm -hmm. so um, that's that's funny that you say that i was talking to you a friend of mine the other day and we were we were talking about how um you could you could basically boil down all all sin to some extent to this act of forgetting you know forgetting somehow the goodness of god or the promises of god and just what what draws us in is is this act of remembrance actively remembering who christ mm-hmm. is and remembering his promises remembering that he's with us and it's just wild hearing you say that and thinking about how it's so hard for us to remember truth and dwell on it constantly. Mm-hmm. But yet it's so easy to remember all of these the dark, bad. broken, traumatic things, mm-hmm. um, which makes the fight that much more important, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, keep going. I, I took you off your train. That's of okay. That's okay. I might have been... <laughs> might have needed that redirection um so what I like to do after talking through it and making sure that nothing you know happened that we need to address Mm -hmm. it's just you know that you're you're worried or um you're struggling going to class and 
you're overloaded. I like to take people, well, not people, young women, um, through um, Philippians 4, 6, um, which is um, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So I break that down and I color code it. <laughs> Because I like colors. Um, <laughs> sure. Don't be anxious. That's easier said than done. Mm. Um, and there comes a time where, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I know what God's word says. How do I put that into play? Mm. And so that's where the color coding comes in. So <laughs> do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, my prayer and supplication. So prayer, praying about this, asking the Lord, you know, just, hey, I need, I need help. Like, I need you. Like, I need you. I, I physically, mentally cannot do this without you. Um, supplication. You know, if you have to get down on your knees and beg the Lord, get down on your knees and pray. Mm-hmm. And with thanksgiving. So, gratitude. Gratitude is a huge weapon against anxiety. It's a huge weapon against anger. Mm-hmm. Um it's a huge weapon against bitterness. Um, just remembering all the blessings the Lord has given you. If you're anxious about going to class, praise God that you're enrolled in a college. You right. know, yeah. praise God that you have two feet to take you there to walk to class. Mm-hmm. Um, little things. Um, the grass that's growing. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's the fall and the grass is dead, the leaves that are falling, you know. <laughs> Um, let your requests be made known to God. So those are my steps. And also, I let people know, hey, don't forget your physical body. Mm. God made us made us as body and soul. Mm. So you can't neglect your body. Yeah. Are you eating right? <laughs> you know, yeah, make yeah. sure you're going, you're eating food. Yeah. Um, make sure you're getting a walk every day. You know, exercise is key. Um, make sure you're getting oxygen to your brain, taking deep breaths, Mm -hmm. counting to six when you breathe, you know, just take a moment and just take a deep breath. Mm. Um, don't listen to yourself. Talk to yourself. Tell yourself truth, which is God's word. Mm. Don't listen to yourself. Oh my goodness. How am I going to do this? And ask yourself questions. No. Mm. Talk to yourself and tell, tell yourself God's truth, God's Mm. word. Had to get some water. It was getting a little dry. <laughs> um, just to to make this really practical for kind of any anybody listening, tuning in. Um, in regards to you know you were talking about something super practical of color coding that verse. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you advise like breaking it down any further or journaling through any of it or? Do you have specific color preferences that you <laughs> Um, I like purple and blue and green. Um, okay. <laughs> no, I, I'm a big fan of journaling through it. I'm a big fan of Ann Voskamp's list of gratitude. Um, <clears throat> and um, break it down, but don't overwhelm yourself with breaking it down. Like, mm-hmm. that's not going to mm-hmm. be helpful. Um, keep it simple. Keep yeah. it keep it what the scripture says yeah yeah and and just like you were talking about like like it's so important to talk to yourself to 
you know, we talked at the beginning about speaking the truth in love, Mm -hmm. and we get so focused on doing that to others and kind of forget and can neglect to speak the truth in love to ourselves Mm -hmm. um, to kind of drown out the lies. I didn't realize until a couple months ago I heard a friend of mine talking. We were talking about the Lord's Prayer and talking about how kind of familiar with it we were, and, and she had mentioned part of the end of it where it's like, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. And, and she said, you know, I didn't realize that I could actually pray that about things in my life. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. realize when I'm struggling with anxiety and I'm beating myself up for it and I'm feeling like a failure or whatever it is, I can specifically say, okay, Lord, I know I'm going to be tempted to walk down this path today to, to move into these thought processes. So mm-hmm. please lead me not into temptation. Tap me on the shoulder when that's near and if I do walk down that path, deliver me from evil. Um, and that's just a super, super cool practical thing. That goes back into what you were saying about praying about these things. But, but yeah, when, when she said that, it, it blew my mind. Like, I, I didn't realize that either. That's, and, I mean, mm-hmm. of course we can ask him for that. Um, yeah, and that's just like the 23rd Psalm. We say them so much, they kind of not... I don't, I don't I hate to say lose their meaning, but we become kind of numb to them. Yeah, like, yeah. your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Like, mm. that's the word, whether it's keeping us in check conviction-wise or mm. it's just comfort because, hey, we're going through a really tough time. We need comfort. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Mm. I remember um, a couple years ago, still to this day just in my own life in you know the daily grind and the temptation to walk down the anxious path and to listen to but believing the lie that I need to listen to what the enemy has to say Mm -hmm. and then somehow justify it which isn't true at all but um a couple years ago Chesley was actually talking at something and, and she read part of Part of this passage from Psalm 18, um, it says, He sent from on high, He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me into a broad place. He rescued me because He delighted in me. And... Do you remember talking about it? Yes, for sure. <laughs> I, I hear your voice all the time in my head, just going back to to an emphasis not of my failings, to an emphasis not of what I need to do to succeed, but to the Lord's character and the Lord's truth of choosing me, of delighting in me, even when I've gotten myself into this pit that He's rescuing me out of on purpose. You know, <laughs> um, He's still delighting in me. Um, yeah. And that was a huge game changer. Yeah. Wow. Nothing is unknown to God. Mm-hmm. And nothing is mysterious to Him. And that's why these verses are in the Bible. Like, be anxious for nothing. Or, um, you know, just talking about peace of mind. or Because He knew we were going to worry. He knew we were going to be anxious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in His kindness... He included those Mm. words. Mm. Yeah. That's cool that you said that, too, just even talking earlier when you were talking about repentance. That's something that that I've got to get through my brain and remember over and over and over again is in all of these statements that we read where it's like, 
repent, confess your sin, be anxious about nothing. Mm-hmm. It It is the Lord's kindness that leads me to repentance. And so he's not screaming these statements at me, ready mm-hmm. to just kick me out because I still don't have it down right. Mm-hmm. Um, he is so kind, so gentle, um, and so ready just to welcome me back home. And, and you know, going back to, I think it's in Ephesians 2, uh, let me just make sure that's right real quick. Uh, I apologize. Yeah, in Ephesians 2, um, it, it references Christ. It says, for he himself is our peace. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing that we're, we're all after in this battle with anxiety or even, even whatever we're seeking counsel about, whether mm-hmm. it's should I take 16 hours instead of 13 hours this semester, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, we're, we're all after this peace. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I just want to be reminded over and over again, another boss camp quote, just peace isn't a place we arrive at or a thing that we attain. It's a person that we draw into. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Jesus. And mm-hmm. that's something that's so, so comforting and so, so good. Yeah. Do you have anything else? Hmm. No, I think that's well said. You don't have anything else in your notes? I have lots of things in my my notes. Okay. Um, We've got a couple minutes left if there's, I don't know, anything else that you want to say? Um, um, no, not unless you have any questions for me. I think we've got covered. Yeah. It, do you have a specific question you're thinking about? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I do. But man, um, yeah, no, this time's just been good. It's been really, really restful. Um, and, and so maybe maybe that's the way to end this. Maybe that's the thing that we want to say is that talking things out, speaking the truth in love, listening to the truth in love, these are things that are life-giving. These are things that are restful. Because they direct us to Jesus, who himself is our peace, who himself is our rest. Yeah. Um, and, and so maybe that's, that's how we leave these, this episode, just encouraging whoever is listening that they're not alone in their struggles, um, that we are all suffering from brokenness. Um, and... We encourage you guys to, to seek out truth, to talk about it, to not to not try to fight it alone. Yeah, that's good. And if you need help, go to go get a counselor. Um, if you're in the Birmingham area, if you're in Birmingham you, area, you can call Chesley P. Look me up. <laughs> or if you're in Auburn, the Owen Center. Owen Center's great. Um, there's all kinds of resources. There are people on the ACBC website who do Skype counseling. Mm. Um, so it's all confidential. Mm. So reach out and, yeah, like Kayla said, know that you're not alone. And uh, in James 4, 8, yeah, draw near to the Lord and he'll draw near to you. Mm. What, what would you say, um, I don't know, just to anyone that's, that's listening to this, that's believing the lie that they're, they don't actually need help or, or they know that they need help, but they're scared to reach out for it, that they're not, 
super broken like other people that they see that um, they didn't go through something as bad as their friend did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would you say to people like that that are just struggling with these lies from the enemy? I would say um, if you're sick, you go to the doctor. Yeah. So if you're having just anything that you want to work through, just a sounding board even. Mm. Or, you know, you may have something that you're you're blind to. Mm-hmm. And you need that extra perspective and you don't necessarily want to open up and share with your friends. Um, go find a counselor. And I think even building off this analogy, right, we see Jesus say in the Gospels, those who are well have no need of, of a physician, mm-hmm. but those who are sick. sick. Um, and so... You can't really draw near to Jesus unless you embrace your brokenness. And so if you act like it's not there, you can't really draw into the physician. But even building off the analogy you said of if you're sick, you go to a doctor. And if you're sick enough that you can't drive yourself to the doctor, you get somebody to drive you. Mm -hmm. And so if Jesus is the doctor, there is no shame in reaching out um, to counseling as the means that's going to drive you to the physician. Um, in fact, I would argue if you're sick and you don't get someone to drive you to the doctor, you're kind of putting yourself and everyone around you in more danger (laughs) than if you tried to drive yourself, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, we definitely, um, just want to rest in the freedom of Christ. We want to embrace the freedom. We want to believe that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness isn't going to overcome it. And mm-hmm. so let's let's stick to community. Let's reach out to people that are going to help us shine a light on all of these dark places um, and let them see the freedom of Christ in that. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else? <laughs> no. You probably have a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. I mean, there's so much more to be said, but I think you said that really well. Wow, thank you. I learned from the best. <laughs> I've been friends with Chesley for quite a few years now. Going on, what, 20? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, yet <yeah>, no. <laughs> like seven or eight. Probably like Six. eight. Yeah. Some, somewhere in there. Anyway, but yeah, she um, she just has a lot of wisdom um, to pour out. And so um, thank you for being here. Thank you for helping and uh, just sharing the truth that the Lord's taught you. Um Thanks for having me. Yeah. Like we say every time, if you guys have any questions, any thoughts, any ideas, anything that you want to talk about, um, you can email us. The email is comefurtherup at gmail.com. You can follow follow us on Instagram at comefurtherup. Send us a direct message. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Love to hear um, if there's any ways that we can be praying for you, what the Spirit's doing in your life. But yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, If you guys will check back in next week, we'll be posting the episode from Hebrews 2, and our Hebrews 2 reading will start this Sunday. Um, So be sure to check that out and dive in with us. But yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.